Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Uh, This weekend, we continue our series called Family Works, and it's a series on relational health, uh, specifically within the home, uh, because we want your family to work. And, uh, but that doesn't, uh, doesn't come naturally to us. Uh, in fact, left to ourselves, we can create unhealthy family relationships. And then instead of our family going to work, our family goes to war. And instead of being a, a warm zone, it turns into a war zone. Uh, there's conflict, contention, division. But that's not what God desires for your family. Uh, God desires that your family, your home, be a place of peace. Uh, James 3.18 says, And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. And that's what God wants for your family. He wants you to plant seeds of peace so that you can reap a harvest of righteousness. So how do we get there? Well, we don't naturally do this by instinct. If we do what comes naturally, we wind up with just the opposite. We have to be taught. We have to learn a different way. And the book of James, and particularly chapter 3 of the book of James, uh, lays out for us two distinct ways to live. Uh, James says we can either follow earthly wisdom or we can follow heavenly wisdom. And uh, earthly wisdom is a path that leads uh, to conflict, it leads to contention, division, difficulty, or we can follow heavenly wisdom and that leads Um, to a peace and to uh, the fruit of righteousness. So James chapter 3, we learn that a couple of things. First, we learn that wisdom is a lifestyle. Uh, It's a way that you relate to people. It's not just head knowledge. It's not just stuff you have in your head. It comes out in your works and your words. Uh, It's it's your lifestyle and your lips uh, is uh, how influenced by wisdom. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life. And so when we have heavenly wisdom, you can see it in your character. You can see it in your uh, relationships. You can see the fruit. uh, It affects the harvest uh, that you reap. Uh, But we also see that a lack of wisdom causes problems. Uh, When I'm unwise toward my spouse, it causes problems. When I'm unwise toward my kids, it causes problems. When I'm unwise toward people, it causes problems. And it leads to jealousy, selfishness, disorder. But when I'm wise, it leads to peace, blessing, and fruitfulness. So foolish or wise, uh, works or wars, those are our options. And it, it seems... It seems that nowhere are we prone to foolishness uh, more than in our family relationships. Uh, We we foolishly treat our family in ways that are counterproductive. In fact, we will treat our family in ways that we would never think of treating another person. Uh, We provoke our family to do the very thing we don't want them to do. And so, again, what we naturally feel like we should do uh, is often wrong. And it doesn't get us the results that we want. So to get the results you want, 
James 3.13. I love the Living Bible paraphrase of this. This is a bonus verse. It's not in your notes. It says, if you are wise, live a life of steady goodness so that only good deeds will pour forth. Live a life of steady goodness. Uh, and, And I think that's a question worth asking yourself. Am I living a life of steady goodness where only good deeds pour forth? Uh, Or am I producing disorder, chaos, and conflict? And if your life is not a life of steady goodness, well, that's a sign that you're on the wrong path and you need to get off the path of foolishness and get on to the path of heavenly wisdom. And James 3.17 lays out for us how this wisdom behaves. It says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all purer, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. And and notice that we often think, well, wisdom, that's based on your intelligence. It's uh, it's based on smarts. It's based on your education. But you look around, the world is full of uh, educated idiots. Uh, You know, there are people who are, are tremendously smart, but their home life is a mess. Uh, you know, wisdom shows up in how you treat other people. And James says that the, the natural way that we relate to people uh, doesn't produce the fruit that we want. And so there are peacemakers. Those who are peacemakers plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So every day in your relationships, you're planting seeds. You're planting seeds of trust or distrust, seeds of peace or anger. As seeds of mercy or resentment. And you're planting seeds every day in every relationship. And then you're going to reap what you sow in that relationship. So what kind of seeds am I planting? And how do I plant seeds of peace? Uh, tonight we're just going to kind of park on James 3.17 and unpack this verse uh, uh, for a little bit. And uh, uh, let's pop that up there, Jamie. There it is. And uh, we're just going to work through this one. And I want to encourage you with this verse. To don't, don't use this as a lens through which to evaluate other people. Don't, don't view this verse as a magnifying glass or a microscope to find the flaws in other people. Uh, instead, use it as a mirror to evaluate uh, ourselves. Uh, earlier in James, he says that the Bible is like a mirror. And when we look into the word, it shows us what we really look like. And it shows us what we need to change and improve. And it doesn't do us any good if we see those things, but then don't make any changes. So as we go through here, be looking for, look into the mirror and say, God, what do I need to change in my life? Um, You know, be careful that you, you don't turn the sword of truth onto other people. And don't excuse your unwise behavior. Don't accuse other people of theirs. Just recognize, admit what you're doing and say, God, I really need help in changing this. So let's just unpack this verse and and see what wise people do and don't do. Number one, if I'm wise, I won't compromise my integrity. Won't compromise my integrity. Wisdom is first of all, pure. That means clean, clear, uncorrupted, unpolluted, untainted. Uh, And uh, today we would use the word uh, be a person of integrity. Now, integrity is listed first 
because all relationships are built on trust. No, no trust, no relationship. And all trust is built on truth. No truth, no trust. No trust, no relationship. If a guy's lying to his wife, it's going to damage the relationship. If a wife is secretive or deceptive, she's damaging the relationship because honesty is the bedrock of a healthy relationship. Dr. Leonard Keeler invented the lie detector. And during his lifetime, he tested over 25,000 people on the lie detector. And then he wrote a book uh, about his experiments and he came to the conclusion, we all lie. And uh, human beings are fundamentally dishonest. Uh, you lie to God, you lie to other people, you lie to yourself. In fact, you lie to yourself more than you lie to anybody else. We just have an amazing ability to tell ourselves things that are not true. We have the amazing ability to con ourselves. Uh, the Bible says that the heart is deceitful. And so that's our natural tendency. And that's why I've got to set aside my natural tendency and pursue God's path of wisdom. And that starts with integrity. And so I won't compromise my integrity. I won't lie to you. I will tell you the truth because no truth, no trust, no trust, no relationship. And Proverbs 2.7, uh, it says, God grants a treasure of good sense to the godly. Wisdom is a treasure that God grants to us. And look at this. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. And you and I, we need a shield against all the foolishness that's out there in the world. We need a shield against the forces trying to mess up your life, trying to mess up your family all the time. And God says, I'll be your shield. But you've got to walk with integrity. Number two, if I'm wise, I won't antagonize your anger. Wisdom is peace-loving. Uh, wise people are peacemakers, not troublemakers. And wise people, they're not always spoiling for a fight. If you love a good fight, you're not wise. Uh, fools love to fight and argue. Uh, if, if I'm wise, I won't push your hot buttons intentionally. I won't egg you on or provoke you to anger. And in your family, you, you know everybody's hot buttons. And they know yours. And, and when you have an argument, you, you like to push that hot button because you think if you can get them angry or if you can hurt them enough with that, then you're going to win the argument. But it doesn't win the argument. It just fuels it. And antagonism doesn't get you what you want. Antagonism in the home, especially, is a weapon of mass destruction. And we often point the finger at the person who gets angry. But when you do that, there's three fingers pointing back at the person who's provoking and egging them on, antagonizing them. Proverbs 20, verse 3 says, any fool can start an argument. The wise thing is to stay out of them. So, so don't be baited by argumentative people. Don't fall into the trap of a fool. And don't be the fool who's setting the trap. Uh, the wise thing is to stay out of arguments. Now, three things, three weapons that we use to antagonize other people's anger. Number one is comparing. Comparing. Now, why can't you be more like so-and-so? Uh, you're always like so-and-so. You're just like your mother or you're just like your father. That's not productive, especially when it's in a negative context. And so comparing 
is foolish, it's unwise, because comparing antagonizes anger. Condemning antagonizes anger. When you start laying on guilt and condemnation in a relationship, you get the exact opposite of what you expect. Uh, Condemning doesn't bring remorse. It just fuels anger. And uh, uh, ladies, I I just want to give you a little insight here. Uh, Every man is fighting his own conscience all the time. It's just the way we are wired up. And whether he realizes it or not, every man is fighting his conscience. And when you decide to be a man's conscience for him, he takes the fight against his own conscience and now turns that energy toward you. And that catches you by surprise. You know, I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to point. Don't try to be somebody else's conscience. You should, you must, you ought, you need to, you always, you never. All you do is take the, the, the tension, the fight that that guy has with his own conscience and turn that toward you, and it doesn't work. In fact, it'll backfire. So comparing and condemning. Number three, contradicting makes people mad. Contradicting, correcting. Have you ever watched a spouse correct every detail of a story that somebody was telling? You know, it was when, oh, it wasn't Wednesday, honey. It was on Thursday. And no, no, it wasn't Walmart. It was Sam's Club. And no, it wasn't three. There were six. And, uh, you know, contradicting, correct. Frankly, it's irritating. Just let the person tell the story. The truth is nobody cares if it happened on Wednesday or Thursday. Okay? You don't sweat the small stuff. Now, wisdom is the art of knowing what to overlook. And there's some stuff you just need to overlook. Uh, Proverbs 14:29. The wise man controls his temper. He knows that anger causes mistakes. And so studies have, have shown that when you get angry, your IQ, your intelligence quotient, actually drops a significant number of points. Uh, when you get angry, your IQ drops. And most of us do not have extra IQ points to spare. Okay? So uh, when you get angry, you get into dangerous territory. And uh, you know, uh, there's only one letter difference between anger and danger. And when you get angry, you're, you're in danger. I, after the sermon, I had somebody tell me that the, the word irate, there's only one letter difference between irate and pirate. Okay? That was, Dan Sharp told me that. I have to point that out to Dan. So you don't want to be a pirate. You don't want to be in danger. Okay? So don't be antagonizing. Control my anger. No relational profit in anger. Number three, if I'm wise, I won't minimize your feelings. Wisdom is considerate. Uh, Philippians 4, 5 says, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Considerate in all you do. So do I have to be considerate to people who are inconsiderate to me? Yes. Do I have to be courteous when people are rude to me? Yes. I have to be gentle with people who are harsh to me? Yes. Why? Because being considerate is the antidote. It's the antidote. There are two common mistakes that we make in relationships. First, we react to what people say and ignore how they feel. 
We pay too much attention to their words and not enough attention to how they feel. And if you're wise, you won't nitpick the words that people say. Uh, you know, when people are hurt, they use words that they don't intend to use. They'll exaggerate, they overstate, uh, they just say things that they wouldn't normally say. And so you need to look behind the words at the emotion. Because people don't always say what they mean, but they always feel what they feel. And, and so don't nitpick the words trying to win the argument. Just listen to the emotions so you can build the relationship. You know, stop focusing on what your spouse and kids say and start looking behind the words to their emotions. Uh, Romans 15:2, great verse. Uh, we must be considerate of the doubts and the fears of others. Let's please the other person, not ourselves, in doing what's good for him and build him up. You know, when we react to what people say and ignore how they feel, we're tearing them down instead of building them up. Now, a second mistake we make is we invalidate any feelings that we don't feel ourselves. If you don't feel, if I don't feel what you feel, then your feeling's invalid. You know, it's irrational, it's illogical, and it makes no sense. You shouldn't feel it because I don't feel it. You ever played this game? I'm afraid. No, you're not. Yes, I'm afraid. You shouldn't be. I'm afraid. There's no reason to be afraid. What's going on? You're arguing over something that is a feeling, not a fact. It's not a fact. Can someone be afraid and you not be afraid at the same time? Yes, because it's a feeling. It's not a fact. And so why are you arguing about it? Uh, feelings aren't either right or wrong. They're just feelings. And when we invalidate other people's feelings because we don't feel it, then we minimize the person and it's not helpful. And so you gotta ask, well, why do you feel that way? And look beyond the words and emotions to the real issue. You know, you can't argue with someone about how they feel. I mean, if I feel something, I shouldn't have to defend it. If you feel something, you shouldn't have to defend it. And you try to convince people that their feelings are wrong, that's a lost cause. And so let them feel what they feel without minimizing it. If they're tired, let them feel tired. If they're depressed, let them feel depressed. If they're angry or alone or scared, let them feel what they feel. And number four, if I'm wise, I won't criticize your suggestions. I won't criticize your suggestions because wisdom is submissive. And, and, and the word here uh, means to be open to reason. You allow for discussion. But wisdom is not stubborn. It is not defensive. And so how do you know if you have this kind of quality in your life? How do you know if you're a reasonable person? Well, one of the ways is, is can people disagree with you? If people disagree with you, can they reason with you? That's one of the ways you know you're reasonable. But too often we get the attitude that, you know, my mind is made up, don't confuse me with the facts. And we can get overly sensitive to people's suggestions. A wise person can learn from anybody. Wise person, uh, even someone they disagree with. And you know, th this is what I've learned. And I think this is part of God's sense of humor. Is there are gonna be people in your life, often it's the most irritating person in your life. 
And they sometimes come up with a good idea. They come up with a good suggestion. That person in your family that's wrong about everything else, they're going to be right about something. That person in your office, the person at work, the person that drives you crazy is going to have a good suggestion for your life. And so can you learn from them? A fool thinks he needs no advice. A wise man listens to others. Now, what if people have a bad idea? Well, you do the same thing you do with your ideas. If it's a good idea, you listen to it and you follow through on it. If it's a bad idea, you just set it aside and ignore it. But stop wasting your life trying to prove a bad idea, right or wrong. Just get on with implementing the good ideas. So if I'm wise, I won't criticize your suggestions. I'll be open. Number five, if I'm wise, I won't emphasize your mistakes. Wisdom is full of mercy. If I'm wise, I will maximize mercy in my relationships. It's wise to cut people some slack. Uh, Think about this. Who's the wisest person in the universe? Well, God. Who's the most merciful person in the universe? God. Is there a connection there? Yes. Fools are judgmental. But wise people are merciful. When I start judging you, I'm being foolish. But when I show mercy, I'm being like God. God doesn't give me what I deserve. He gives me what I need. If I got what I deserved, I wouldn't be here right now. If you got what you deserved, you wouldn't be here. God doesn't give you what you deserve. He gives you what you need, and that's mercy. And so wise people give people what they need, not what they deserve. Wise people... Uh, Don't rub it in, they rub it out. So how do you rate on mercy? You jump on every fault or blunder, or are you always pointing out their errors and mistakes? You continually bringing up the past? Proverbs 17, 9, love forgets mistakes. Nagging about them parts the best of friends. You know, think about the person who's closest to you in your life. And even though you love them deeply, there are some things that they do that bother you. In fact, there are some things that they do that bug you. And there are some things that they do that really bug you. It's foolish to hold on to those. Forget them. Let it go. Because wisdom is full of mercy. Number six, if I'm wise, I won't disguise my intentions. Wisdom is impartial and sincere. And the words impartial and sincere here in the Greek have the same root word as the word uh, for hypocrisy. Uh, You know, hypocrisy is when you're two-faced. It's when you you wear a mask. It's when you say one thing and do something else. These these words are the same root, but they're the opposite of that. Uh, It means you're genuine. It means you're without hypocrisy. uh, We'd say uh, you're authentic And so if I want to be wise in my relationships, I won't disguise my intentions. I I won't wear a mask. I won't be fake or pretend. I won't try to be somebody that I'm not. I won't lie to you or trick you. Fools are fakes. Wise people are authentic, impartial, and sincere. A good man is known by his truthfulness. A false man by deceit and lies. So a good man or a false man? A good woman or a false woman? Uh, Which one are you? 
So how wise are you in your relationships? Do you compromise your integrity? Do you antagonize other people's anger? Do you minimize feelings? Do you criticize suggestions? Do you emphasize mistakes? Do you disguise your intentions? You know, if you don't learn some godly wisdom, you're going to make the same relational mistakes over and over and over. And you're not going to get what you want out of that relationship. You're not going to bear the fruit of righteousness that God desires for you. So how do I get the wisdom to stop making foolish mistakes in my relationships? Well, there's two places that you get wisdom. One is from knowing God and the other is from knowing his word. And you can get intelligence, you can get facts, you can get an education, you can get smarts, you can get technical skills from a lot of places. But you get wisdom from knowing God and knowing his word because he's the source of all wisdom. Look at Colossians 2.3. It says, Jesus is the key that opens all the hidden treasures of God's wisdom and knowledge. Jesus is the key. And so you got to get to know Jesus. So hold up the mirror of God's word, hold up James 3.17 and ask yourself, am I being wise or foolish? And then let God show you the areas where you need to change. You don't have to work on all of these at once. Just look for the one that God points out to you and say, well, I'm, I'm going to work on this one with God's help. And don't make excuses for your past behavior. Don't accuse other people for their behavior. Just admit what you need to change and ask God to help you change it. And just make the decision. Make the decision. I'm, I'm going to take off compromise and I'm going to put on integrity. I'm going to take off antagonism and I'm going to put on peace loving. I'm going to take off minimize and I'm going to put on considerate. I'm going to take off criticize. I'm going to put on submission. I'm going to take off emphasize and I'm going to put on merciful. I'm going to take off disguise and I'm going to put on impartial and sincere. And when you do that, you're saying, I'm going to take off myself and I'm going to put on Christ. I'm going to put on Christ. Are you becoming more and more like Christ every day in your relationships? Are you walking on the path of wisdom? Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your desire for us to be wise and not foolish in our relationships. God, you desire our families to be a place of peace, not conflict. And so, Lord, we just pray that you'll help us. Help us look into the mirror of your word, identify the thing that we need to change, and then look to you for the power and the strength and the ability to make that change. God, I need your wisdom. I want to know Jesus Christ. I want to do your word. And so I make the decision now. I'm going to trust in you. Get off the path of foolishness, onto the path of wisdom, and reap the wonderful benefits that you have for me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.